it's another Tuesday, which means it's another episode of your favorite podcast, Hockey the Podcast. Welcome once again. It's great to have you on board. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Who knows, maybe an, even an extended one. Maybe yesterday was uh, a day off too. But uh, otherwise, it's uh, great to have you back. It's also great to have my partner in crime, my colleague, my teammate back, as always, Tyron Jabu Barnard. How are you, Ty? Yeah, uh, Derek, I'm great. And you, it's, it's great to be back on Hockey the Podcast. And of course, with a new look and feel for Raider Media, a uh, new Viking. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it behind me. Otherwise, uh, you can see it on your phones, on whatever podcast platform you're listening. Uh, it's looking fresh. It's, I mean, I, I think it would be a great branded hockey ball. If I just move out of the way. I mean, that yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it really, um, really is nice. The, the, our, our new designers did a, a phenomenal job. It was... The original baby was courtesy of one Andrew McKenzie, and uh, yeah, we just took it up a notch. So no offense to Andrew doing a fabulous job in giving birth, but now our baby's become a teenager and uh, grown up a bit. Uh, you can see the beard is even longer, almost as long as yours, Ty. It's, it's getting there, but I, I, I got to go to the barber pretty soon. It's just <laughs> awkward in COVID times. <laughs> anyway, so of course, the show's not about myself and Ty and Ty's grooming habits. It's about... Uh, wonderful, fabulous guests that we have each and every week. And uh, this time around time, we've got a, another cracker. Yeah, it's, it's a veteran of the woman's side, although she's uh, hardly old enough to have the title veteran. I mean, uh, she still has age restrictions before she goes to a club. She has to show IDs. Uh, she has age restrictions at certain movies. That's the kinecore that she's not allowed to watch yet because of how young she still is. Uh, it's none other than uh, Western Province and South African hockey legend, Konita Bob's 137 caps for her country. And she is still a very young age that I'm not allowed to share because you don't do that for a woman. Konita, welcome Hi guys. To, to the show. No, thank you for having me. Um, thanks for that introduction. I, I think I still feel um, quite young. Um, I entered the national team at the age of like 19. Um I think I still feel quite rejuvenated um, and, and like a spring chicken in this team. So, yeah. And I'm glad I'm matching the, the new logo. I didn't realize red was the theme today. <laughs> there we go. Look at you taking it to the next level. You're already winning the competition for guest of the year. <laughs> am, I, am I the first guest of the year or not? No, no, you're the third, but uh, okay. one of them is your national captain, Erin, so you can oh, awesome. give a little bit oh, yes, her I'm when you... Um... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, so Kunin, I mean, obviously, uh, as you say, you've been part and parcel of uh, the national team for a while, but I want to take you back before the senior national team. You obviously played for the age group national team, and you're one of the few people that get to say, I went to a Youth Olympic Games. Um, obviously, only the women's team goes because of uh, IOC requirements, means only mm -hmm. one team goes. Mm -hmm. um, and only women's hockey qualified, rugby didn't, soccer didn't at that stage. It wasn't mm -hmm. part of it at that stage. Um, so you got to go to the Youth Olympic Games in 2010 in Singapore. Yeah. And that must have, as, as a young lady, that must have been an absolutely incredible experience. No, it, it was crazy. I mean, I think at that age, I didn't realize the, like, how magnificent that event was. I think I was so young. But just looking back now, obviously the tournament the tournament has changed format with five a size. 
And I think we were the first ever um, uh, 11 aside group to go to the Youth Olympics. So it was really nice to be part of that group. I mean, I think I was just making a joke with Pumi, our goalkeeper, last weekend at camp. I was saying, are we the only ones left from the <laughs> from that Youth Olympic team? I mean, it was so long ago, but it, it was an amazing experience. Um, yeah, to get that Olympic, the taste of what Olympics um, might feel like. And and obviously, I mean, you are a football fan. We know this, uh, a big football fan. And and yeah. it was 2010. The World Cup had just been here. So the Gies was high. I mean, it, it must have been special to just, I mean, 2010 is a year. You have the World Cup in your country. You go over to uh, the Youth Olympics. You get to play, uh, I mean, against teams like Netherlands, Argentina, mm-hmm. New Zealand, Korea. And, and this is all still while you're still at school. Yeah, it was it was a good experience. I mean, the hockey was very very tough. Um, I think as a as a team we got pumped um, against those those big names. Um, I think I still have like nightmares of the Dutch game, but it was it was a really good experience. I mean, I mean being in the Youth Olympic, it's not only about hockey. It's about it's about particip- participation and experiencing different countries, making friends, the village. So. I think it was a great year. I know I'm a big soccer fan, um, and I do think soccer has helped me with my career. Like personally, just watching the game. Um, but yeah, it was, it's good to reminisce. I actually never ever think back about those days. But yeah, I can't really remember much. It's a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've got to I've got to jump in. Um, wh- why do you say it's? How are you doing, Gwenita? An official hello. Uh, but I've I've got to ask why has has watching football helped with your your hockey game? It's an interesting take. Yeah. So my brother, um, he grew up playing soccer. Um, so I grew up watching him. He played for in the in the PSL in um, the local league. Um, so I grew up watching him and. Just it's, it's like similar concepts to hockey. Eleven aside, although the field's bigger, but it's the same concept. Um, as a, I always used to watch the midfielders. Uh, you can learn a lot from from soccer midfielders. The way they move, the way they they pre-scan on the field. It's about I don't know. It's just that you know that give and go mentality. Um, just the spatial awareness, and I love watching that about about soccer. And I try to try to implement that in the game. Um, I think I. In the, in the national, in the current national team, I have a few midfielders like KP and and Robin Johnson, and we and we equally love soccer. So I think that to link up, we we know that like you know like the Barcelona soccer, we try to imp- implement that on the field, like the give and go, the small touches, and and I think if you get on the same wavelength with your midfielders, I think it's it's, it's you create some really pretty hockey. Um, so yeah, that's why I watch hockey, um, soccer sometimes. Uh, I think uh, uh, what's it? What do they call it in in Barcelona? I think it's tiki tiki taka, hey? The the quick short passes into play. Uh, uh, you you you're certainly not the the first uh, player we've we've had on the show with um, sporting uh, brothers or sisters, and you certainly won't be the last. Uh, tell us a bit more about your brother. Um. So he uh, grew up playing soccer for. Like he played for Manning Rangers and then he played for Olenek, um, and then he went on to play for the national team under 21s. Um, so throughout my life, like I grew up next to the sports field. If it wasn't watching him playing um, soccer, it was going with, um, with my dad to the, to the hockey field. Um, and I think he's definitely like just seeing what kind of athlete he was. Um, like hardworking, he was the shortest on the field, but he could jump the highest. You know what I mean? So 
it was it was just like that mentality to see what sport at a, at the highest level looks like. And I think I grew up um, watching that, and I wanted the same. Like as soon as I picked up the hockey stick, I knew that I wanted to like achieve the highest in that sport. Um, I don't know if it's like just growing up in in a family that's sporty, um, but I knew that I also wanted to excel at a sport. You know. Yeah, and, and it's a question that I've posed uh, a couple of times, and I, I'm always fascinated by the answer. When you do grow up in a, a sporting family, when it comes to going into a sport yourself, um, of course, uh, your brother Shahim went the football route, uh, you went, went hockey. Uh, I, can t- I can imagine that, that your folks are also very sporty as well. Uh, did you ever feel pressure to, to go into sport, or was it just something that, that came naturally given the people that surrounded you? Yeah, I definitely think it came naturally. I mean, I think I was never pressured to pick up a hockey stick. I think I did it on my own time. I went to the field every Saturday, but I just watched the seniors. I never really picked up a stick until I was brave enough to do so. And I think a lot of the pressure came from myself and not from my family uh, members. I think they've just been like super supportive. Like my dad never told me, Look here, you need to play hockey and this is like what you need to achieve. Um, and this is how many times you have to practice. I think all of that just came from my own like motivation and ambition in the sport. Um, so it was very intrinsic um yeah, motivation. I mean and and uh, and that motivation obviously paid you because I mean you've got to travel the world with the, the game of hockey for the national team alone. You've played in Ireland, obviously South Africa, England, Germany, Kenya, uh, Pretoria, which is its own country if you're from Cape Town, <laughs> Scotland, Argentina, Netherlands, uh, Valencia, Ismail, <laughs> Australia, Potchefstroom, <laughs> Amsterdam, London. I mean, it's been an incredible journey and, and oh, you've got to yeah. see so much of the world. Um I mean, we, we always ask this question, but it's still a valid question. Is there a place that just stands out as a special, and it doesn't have to be because of hockey, but a place that stands out just as a, a special, special memory trip? Yeah. Um, well, there's so many countries. I actually love to travel as well. So although we don't get to explore the, the cities much, the countries much, I think what stands out for me the most, um, I got like top three. So... Um, the first one would probably be um, Spain, going to Valencia. I've been there twice now for hockey. So I think I just, I love, and I've traveled there on my own time as well. Um, so I absolutely love Spain. I love the culture, love the coffee and the food. And also because of like Barcelona and the love for, for their team, I think I just naturally gravitate towards the Spanish culture. And then I, I really loved um, uh Holland, The Hague, when we went to the World Cup, I think that was a, such a, it's also a lovely city, a nice blend of like coffee culture with the buildings and they also had the beach. So it reminded me a bit of Cape Town. Um, so that was nice. And then again, um, I think Argentina, that was when we went to Model Plata. I think again, I think it's that Spanish culture um, that I just really am intrigued about. So I, I mean, I know, I know Derek, Derek, Derek absolutely loves 
South America. I've never been to South America, so I uh, don't have an opinion there yet. I'm I'm very much a European and African in terms of my travel. And then it's amazing, Ty, because it's the first time. Uh, Cornita, that that I've heard someone actually speak about Mar del Plata, and it was the first city I ever stayed in in South America. Really? I, yeah, I went right. via I went via uh, Buenos Aires, obviously, and then ended up yeah. in in Mar del Plata for about four or five days. Lovely yeah. little seaside town. Um, yeah. Ty, I, I always equated it to um, the Plet or or the Neisner of mm. of Argentina. Really, really cool little place. So it's um, really, yeah. really chuffed to hear you say that. And uh, yeah, you, you mentioned a, a couple of great countries there. Of course, uh, you know, we've got the, the one question quiz. We'll get to that a little later. This certainly isn't part of it. But do you know what uh, nation on average is the tallest in the world? The tallest in the world? Yeah. I would say America. Uh, funny enough, they actually were. They were at, at one stage, uh, but then they were overtaken uh, not too long ago. Ty, I think you do know it uh, by the Dutch. So the Netherlands. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they do breed some good, some like tall people. I, I know playing hockey against them. There's always like like bantering ones are always bigger than us. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> and and not just playing hockey against them, but uh, you also played hockey in the Netherlands. Well. Uh, as in a club hockey or yes. Did you no, play- and I played in Germany. Oh, actually, was it no? Germany? Sorry. Uh, also, Bremer. also tall, big people. Yeah, like- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so apologies. You played in Germany, and uh, you also played in England, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yes. And, and tell us I about did. those experiences. Um, the England experience was was I played a full season in England. Um, I think the first half, um, of the season was obviously a big my first season overseas and the English league is pretty physical so I had to adjust to to that style of play um it's very like aggressive and and um and cold um so it was it was quite an adjustment um and also I stayed in a house with uh, two other RGs actually and so that was really fun and then the second half of the season um I actually stayed alone so it was a bit how can I say, when you're not playing hockey, you, you very much have to fill your time with something, I mean, un- unless you're working. So for me, I think that was a tough adjustment to, because we only trained about three times a week and then we play a match. So the rest of the time you have to like really fill your time and it's cold and you don't want to spend too much money. I mean, it's pounds. and <laughs> uh, <laughs> But it was, a, it was a great experience for me. I played with Erin. She was there. Um, Erin Hunter, she was there as well. So at least I had another sapper um, with me. And then the German league, oh, I absolutely love it. It was incredible. It was like every weekend, it was like international game. It was so, so tough. And I played for a team that just got promoted into the Bundesliga. So um, you can imagine how tough it was for us. So every week, weekend, it was like a fight. And we used to play double headers almost every weekend and travel like seven hours to the south of of Germany to play, so it was it was a great experience for me. I loved it, like absolutely, like loved the environment. And and, and crowd wise, I mean that must have also been fairly eye opening. Yes, actually, the support they get in um, well in Germany was amazing. Every every we had home games, the the the, the stands were full, and then I just I have like this one picture 
um, that, that the photography took of, of me playing and then at the background is just the, the crowd in and Bremen we wore red you just see like a sea of red so it's, it was really like the support overseas is really great um, when it comes to hockey and I think and and like the pressure I don't know like they just have like this winning mentality like everyone has this like winning mentality so the games are super tough and yeah it's, it's really great so are you wearing a Bremen shirt right now <laughs> Uh, and weren't you also joined by another South African while you were there? Yes, so I played with Lillian. Um, yes. Lillian in, in, um, so we stayed together with another Argentinian in a, in a, in a little flat right in the centre of Bremen. It was excellent. I don't know if you know that um, um, Badger Bremen also has, Badger Bremen is another team in the Bundesliga in the soccer. Uh, and they have their stadium is like the only stadium that's in the middle of the city. So we literally stayed like 200 meters from the soccer stadium. And then every time there was a Bundesliga match, you just like crowds of people that would just walk to the to the stadium. So it was such a it's a, such an amazing city, honestly. It had a pretty canal that ran through it. Um, so. Yeah, Germany is one of my my favorite places. Uh, It is a little bit influenced by the fact that uh, not as much anymore, but I really, really had a a, a very big passion for a beverage called beer. And in Germany, (laughs) I mean, every every single town has their own own home home uh, brewery. So everywhere you go, you can get a homemade beer, craft beer. You know, it's it's amazing stuff. Um. Obviously, the question bodes, though, and, and, and COVID right now has a, a bit of a challenge for it, but is the plan to try and get back over again? I mean, you're still young enough to go over and play club hockey again in Europe? Yeah, I am, I am still, like, I, I think I can still do another, like, few years abroad. Um, it just depends, like, what life stage I'm at. Like, I think after university, I was very fixed on going to get – um, experience of abroad and now I'm more focused on doing a bit of both like starting my career and playing hockey um, but to be honest the league in, in the Western Cape is not great and it's a bit frustrating so that's why I try to get my trainings to be better because I know that the league won't be like as good so I don't know if you could have like a great league and great training but you can't have best of both worlds over here but and- I don't know I think at, with the national, the national sk- schedule at the moment is so busy, and I think if you abroad, you miss you will miss a lot of time to train with the team, especially leading up to the Olympics. And I think it won't change um, until after World Cup and Commonwealth. So I think the more time we get to spend as a national team, the better. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean that that also in itself must present some challenges because obviously currently uh, the the national hub is up in Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. Most of your squad are based here, even though many of them are actually from Western Province or KZN mm-hmm. originally. Mm-hmm. Um, is a huge group here. Uh, you know, is it frustrating sometimes? Do you sometimes feel left out of the loop being down in Western Province, or is the channels of communication quite open and uh, mm. uh, transparent for you guys? Yeah. So, def- like as you said, majority of the squads in Joburg, and they do get to train with each other more. And I think here in Cape Town, there's about three of us at the moment in the squad. 
Um, so we have our little sessions, but it's not the same thing because when you have a big squad, you you get to play games and you get, get to play that like conditioning type games where our training is more technical over here. But thankfully, we actually have a centralized program at the moment. So I don't know if you know, but every second week um, for the next few months, um, we fly up to Joburg to train with, with the girls. Um, so it's a lot of traveling, but... I mean, it's so worth it. We had our first centralized camp last week in Joburg, and it was a, it was so fun. It was like it was so nice to to jam it out on the field with everyone. Um, but we do try to replicate the same amount of trainings in Joburg in um, down here. So it's not like we're not getting sessions. Yeah, no. Look, at the current point in time, you've got, uh, I think it's only Tegan Free from, from the KZN sure. Raiders. So yeah. she's going to kind of train by herself. Exactly. Um, there's a couple, I mean, a couple up in Pretoria that can travel through. But we, yeah, we do know about it. We have been invited to come along to one of the weekends. Uh, so okay. not the 13th, 14th, the, the one, two weeks after that. We'll be coming down and taking some photos and stuff for. Ooh. For the social media, um, we're chatting with Jill. Jill's doing a great job there. We yes. have to go for our, our, our tests across the road. The COVID test. Yes. Yeah, before <laughs> we're allowed on. But it, it's great to see that uh, we're finding a solution because, mm. you know, I was having a debate the other day. There's an indoor RPT being planned for a, a, about a month's time. Um, and a lot of provinces are actually debating whether they're even going to send a, a team. Um, mm. And really, in the current scenario, being an amateur sport, because ultimately, as much as we wish we were professional, we're not, we're an amateur sport, uh, it really should be, the focus should be on the national squads. And and I, I don't say teams, I think squads, I think you could make your squads bigger than normal right now, and mm. have a lot of training and internal games. Mm. I think if we if we push to, like you say, the league action, I just think that the costs of protocol and stuff like that just makes it really difficult and uh, the risk of not doing it right becomes quite challenging. So mm-hmm. I would love to see us have a, a bigger focus, and that's why I'm really gl- glad to hear about the centralized program. That's, that's yeah. Doing. Yeah, I agree. I think the bigger picture is just trying to make our national squad as strong as possible. And I think whether it's bringing more youngsters into the setup, I think that's the problem that we, do, that we have. We should have brought more youngsters into the setup like two years ago. So they're used to like training in that in, in this environment as an as a national squad and also makes it more competitive. So I'm like I'm very, very glad that we've come to the solution of the centralized program. I know funding is a problem, but I'm not sure what the guys are doing. I think they also have their regional the squad training. But um I think the more time we have together the, the we can only go upwards. And, and improve. Yeah. yeah, I think it is a little bit challenging uh, in the sense that the guys currently have more guys based overseas, um, obviously, okay. than the ladies. So probably half of their squad uh, is probably based overseas. And, and uh, my understanding is that they're flying Gareth around. Uh, yes, I, I heard that. Rather yeah. than flying the guys together. But again, I also don't have the the combination of players up in Joburg that, that you have yes, for the of ladies. Course. Kwanita, you you spoke about in terms of going overseas, it depends on where you are in your your life stage. Uh, Tell us about your interests and um, your focus on on, on things outside of hockey. 
Uh, of course, we've spoken about the finances when it comes to the sport in the country. Unfortunately, very few people, if any, can say I'm a professional hockey player, and that's all I yeah. do. Um, yeah, duh, I, I take it you've got uh, many, many other interests uh, outside of the game. Yeah, that's the dream, though, to play, become a professional hockey player. I think I've been dreaming like, since a little girl, but hasn't happened yet. But um, I think I've always like known that there's going to be life after hockey from a young age. So I went to Marty's and I studied. And then after my, after my first year in England, I was like, no, I need to come home and I need to get some work experience. Um, so I'm very much involved in the marketing field, like the digital side, digital marketing. So I actually work for Total Sports, which is um, sporting retailer. Um, so I worked for them for two years um, now um, as a digital marketer, which is which was great experience for me. And then I actually made a big decision at the end of December to resign. And um, so now I'm actually uh, fully employed. I, I was like, you know what, it's, it's the Olympic year. So let me just try and focus all my attention for the next six months to try to get selected, but also to work on other things. Um, I, I said that my boyfriend is a, a professional kickboxing Muay Thai athlete. So together we using my marketing knowledge and his um, knowledge of, of combat sports. Uh, we're trying to start a online boxing and kickboxing programs for people. So who knows if that goes well, if it doesn't, um, at least we, we're trying something. And I think I've always, want, I've always known that I, I want to be self-employed. And I think there's no better time to start right now and see how it goes. Um, yeah, that's what I'm doing currently. So I have more time on my hands to to train and yeah, get fit. That, that sounds that sounds fascinating uh, about yourself and your boyfriend regarding that. Um, do you? So, so it's not up and running just yet. No, we're actually working on it. We've been working on it like since last year, December. It's it should launch this month. Um, so yeah, it's just I mean like I mean it's a nice it's combat sport. I mean we have kids programs and we have adult programs, and I think it's just, it's 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 a nice way for people to challenge themselves. I don't know if you tried boxing. Uh, as, as fitness yeah, I've or, tried. I've tried boxing, not not Muay Thai. <laughs> but it's, it's such a it's such a nice challenge. I mean, yeah. it's tough, but afterwards you feel so good. So hopefully the programs do well and people and people um like purchase the programs. So will be. Yeah, there, there's no question. Uh, the the most tired I've ever been, and and it was at a stage where it was the fittest I'd ever been, was when I was doing uh, boxing training fairly regularly. Exactly. I think once a week yeah. or so, but it was. Exceptionally yeah. hard. Uh, I found it very, but very also, tough, but the results were amazing. But mentally, it's also like it's so good. I feel like with boxing, you're not only like working physically, but your mental as well, because you have to think of combinations. So mm. it's a really good workout. You definitely feel tired afterwards. No, you you really do. And <laughs> tell me, are, are the two of you on Instagram? I, I reckon you probably are. Yeah. Well, personally, of both accounts. Yes, we do. Yeah. We, I have my Instagram. He has his. Um, but obviously, this little business will have its own Instagram account hopefully um, soon. But yeah, he's um, he's quite um, popular. He's more of, like he has a bigger following than I do. But yeah, that is fantastic to hear. Yeah, it's a really really exciting times afoot. We we're excited to see them blossom. Yeah, let's hope so. Hope. Well, and, and obviously for all uh, all people who choose to to uh, follow you, because it's about time you overtake your boyfriend, 
<laughs> to just prove to him that hockey it comes first. Yeah. Um, obviously, it is at Qbobs, B-O-W-B-S yeah, on Instagram. Exactly. Now, Kunita, you, you wear number 28 on all your shirts. Yes. Well, at least your national shirt is. I mean, why 28? What, what, what is special about that? So I didn't choose my number when I came into the team. I was given 28. Um, and I think, um, Paul, you know, Polo played with number 28 before, before me. Um, so I was given 28 and I was like, hmm, interesting, interesting number. Um, <laughs> I've never played with a number as big before. Um, but to be honest, like I kind of, I kind of conceptualize it as it's even, because I always like to have even numbers, um, even playing numbers. So I was like, two plus eight is 10. I love 10. So I can make it work. You know, it's just the way of thinking about it. But you know what? I've made, I've made it work. And I actually like really love the number 28 now. So. so, so if it is a choice and if you do get called up for Barcelona one day, is it 28 you're going with? Yeah, I'm going with sticking with it. <laughs> it's, it's such a it's such a cool thing. I mean, so I always and obviously I, I never played at the highest level, but I, I did wear lots of sports shirts with numbers on the back, and I've always worn 21. And it's also nice. just literally because it was the first shirt I was ever given with a number yeah. on the back was 21, and it stuck, and it's like my favorite yeah. number in the world for yeah. some odd reason. Yeah. Um, no, it also stuck with me. I think when I was, I was just grateful to like be in the team. And when I got the number, I was like, it's actually not a bad number. It's, I know I like personally, like my top favorite numbers is 10 and eight. So at least like there's an eight in there. <laughs> so no, I love it. I at least, at least you, you, you guys got a choice in rugby. You don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm a lock. You will wear number four. Sorry. <laughs> All that. Uh, yeah. Derek, for rugby, I wore number 32. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, interesting regarding jerseys. I mean, you, you're in Cape Town, Quanita, and I don't know if you know the, the history behind Bishops, uh, the rugby team, what, what numbers they wear. No, they, I have no idea. They don't actually wear any numbers. Um, it's been a, a tradition for, for since oh. the dawn of time, or since they've been around. Oh. Um, the, the thinking behind it is that rugby is a team sport, and because of that, there's no individuals. And as a result, mm-hmm. no one should be able to have an individual number. So they just scrap numbers and uh, been wearing their white jerseys with nothing on the back ever since. And I can tell you what, it is hell as a commentator. I, I, I did the big derby between Rondebosch and, and Bishops. Yeah. And luckily that year, Rondebosch ended up winning and, and they thrashed them. I think they put 50 points past Bishops. So, so it, it did help. I was, I was very thankful, not because I'm a massive Rondebosch fan, but because yeah. it was just very tough if Bishops had the ball a lot. And plus, you throw scrum caps into the mix and you don't know who, who's who. So, oh, yeah, so it was really tough. But yeah, that's a, a little history lesson in, in rugby jerseys and Bishops. But that's, uh, let's get but back I, to well, hockey. I mean, Derek, you did, well, you did bring up school. And uh, I mean, you are a product of Weinbeckles High. It's a tough one because I've literally been so busy. But I do know that... Um, the, the school has asked me like a couple of times to come and speak to the to the girls during assembly. Um, I'm not much of a public speaker, so like it frightens me so much. Um, but I do know that, that they're super supportive of, of me. Like that just last year, I asked if I can use their Astro for, for fitness and because I live close by. 
and they were like, yes, sure, we'll give you keys um, to come run and, and train on the Astro. So the school has always been supportive of me and I've had literally like my best memories of hockey playing for the 14 and first team um, um, girls at Weinberg. Yeah, it's it's a, a, a incredible time. I mean, I uh, I've obviously been in and around the the national setup from a a media point of view. Uh, I was a provincial coach and umpire, district player. But but some of my fondest memories were definitely, I mean, at schoolboy level. I, I was obviously up here playing in Boxburg High and very much a government school that uh, shouldn't compete and. You know, I'll never forget us drawing one all with, uh, yeah. with kids and yeah. it being one of the greatest results in history um, mm-hmm. and making it up into the top section of Aiken. So, yeah, I mean, school school hockey really is a special time. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you now compare the places you've played hockey, uh, you know, you've played Weinberg, you've played Marty's, uh, you're playing for Central, Bremen, Holborn, obviously South Africa at the different age groups. Uh, you've also played, was it the St. Lucia Lakers? I think it was at the PHL. PHL, yeah. I, I mean, is there is there one badge that you are the most proud of? And I know that's an unfair question to put you on the spot, but that one shirt that you want to frame more than any other shirt. Jeez, that's tough. I mean, like, each, each different team I played for had its own challenges. I mean, like, with school level, you say the rivalry – against the other schools is probably like the best part about it and it was so competitive um I think after school like you go to Marty's and then like you know you're the best team in the league so it's it's not really that competitive so it's like just depends but for me I think my Marty's days um was probably like the most special and I would forever be proud to be a Marty and, and wear the maroon um, just because of like the the history and the heritage of of the of the club, and also just the environment it was amazing. But I'm super proud to be a Weinberg girl as well. I mean, like the the yellow and black uniform was also. I think I had my like best moments just playing. Even the indoor hockey league at school was super competitive against Herschel and Springfield. Like you always look forward to those games. Um, but I think what I'm most proud of is I can, I'm just going to say three. Sorry, is 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 Marty's, and then also just playing in the Bundesliga and where and playing for Bremen. I think a goal from a goal of mine was always to play in one of the top leagues in the world, and I think the Bundesliga is pretty much up there, like second to Holland, I would say. Um, so for me to play in the Bundesliga, it was a, it was like a big like tick off my list. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. And I love that you spoke about Marty's. Uh, there's a pretty cool photo, and uh, I last saw it quite a while ago. Um, is that Derek sharing this? Yes, it is. <laughs> but uh, I was going to say, there's a pretty cool photo of uh, you with Heather McEwen playing at Marty's. Yes. I mean, how excited would you be to play against her now that she has put her allegiance sure. on Scotland? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, how, how badly do you want to play her? You know what? I always thought Heather was like a formidable forward. I would never want to play against her because she's so good at pressing and 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 all of that. But I haven't seen her in so long, and now she's playing in the Dutch league. So 
I think if we ever had to play SA versus um, Scotland, I would definitely look forward to the challenge. I mean, yo, I can't remember when last I saw her, but she's doing so well for herself. And it's sad that she has to play for another country, but I'm, I'm happy for, for her that she, had, she got to that level. <laughs> We, um, uh, speaking about Heather, I mean, we had her on the show towards the end of last year, and that was at the turning point when she when she was about to to sign for Scotland. In fact, she actually kind of revealed the news on the show. She mm. she broke it. We broke it for her. Uh, mm. And and a hundred percent. I mean, it is sad that we've lost such an amazing talent to that. But again, mm. you know, opportunities like that they're they're few and far between. Um, playing mm. devil's advocate, of course, that doesn't apply now. But say, for instance, you could qualify for another country. Um, what would be your your stance? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what would be my stance? Oh, goodness. I suppose it also depends on the country. I mean, that, that is, <laughs> that's, a, that's a big influence. Okay, if you, could, if you could qualify to play for Spain... Seeing as you love it, yeah, so exactly. Much. <laughs> You'd probably think that I'd want to play for like one of those um, South American countries. <laughs> so I would say, I would say Arj. I would say Arj. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, just because I just love the style of hockey that they play and the passion mm. um, for the game, but also of the culture. So I would say Argentina. We, no, Argentina is absolutely stunning. And uh, yeah, like you said, yeah. I mean, their, their hockey sides are great, always competitive and uh, have done mm. extremely, extremely well in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, you saw that photo that I, I put up there. Let's actually put it, it back up. Um, t- tell us a bit more about this this pick and this article. So um, FitLife Magazine um, well, approached me because they are part of the TFG, how can I say, magazines that they have. And, for, and as working for Total Sports, they asked me um, if I could be the cover for what month was this? I'm not quite sure, but um, uh, yeah. Have a look. Oh, I don't actually. They know. asked me if I could be the cover um, just because I, I had that connection for working for Total Sports and being a TFT magazine. Um, so I was like, sure, um, why not? Um, I think it gives hockey a nice exposure as well. And they did like a little nice interview. So it was, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love I love the 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 tagline, game changer. Quinita Bob's the, this SA hockey star doesn't come to play. Yeah, I had nothing to do with that tagline. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. it is, it is... <laughs> uh, Ty, any more from you? Because we're hitting close to the one question quiz. Yeah, sorry. I was just uh, I was going to ask you. I mean, obviously. Obviously, you're a massive fan, you're a Barcelona fan, you've managed to go and visit the Camp Nou. Um, but what happens if you were given a chance to, using your hockey teammates, your national women's hockey teammates, to form a five-a-side football team to play? Who, who would make your team? Sherbet. Um, five-a-side soccer. I definitely, okay, so in the midfield, I'd um, have... KP, Kristen Payton, just because I I I just I just get her, you know, we, we play well together. Um up front, I definitely put Lillian. Um just because I think the five aside game would suit her style of play. She's like super aggressive, like takes shots from anywhere. Um so I put Lillian up front. 
And then I put Lasby, carrying Lasby. Um, I have to put a Ketonian in there. Um, Lasby also would suit that style. Um, at the back, who would I put at the back? Oh, it's tough. I think I'd put um, Lisa uh, Dietlifts at the back, and then I will put Nicole or Raven also at the back. So we have like a well-rounded so, uh, tacking. But, but you'll need a sub for Lisa because she's not <laughs> Oh, I forgot about that one. <laughs> sorry, Lisa. Sorry, Lisa. Sorry, Lisa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Um, but yeah, oh, that'll be my, my team. All right. And, and I think what we'll do is we'll we'll give uh, Pam a call and we'll tell him that uh, we'd like to see this team play a five-a-side yeah. team of his At choice. At camp next week, we could play a little five-a-side Oh, Brilliant. I think we need it. We're gonna. I'm gonna give you to Derek shortly to throw the one question quiz that you see if you can join the elite group of people who have passed this question. It's it's like a, a matric final, you know. It's either pass oh, or fail. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, just before I do, uh, you know, I mentioned it right at the start of the the show. You have a glowing hockey CV, a, a really glowing hockey CV. You've played in. In the Commonwealth Games, World Cup, African Cup of Nations, you've played everywhere you can except for one thing. How much is that your drive right now, the Olympic Games? Um, it's like right on top of my list since, since I started playing hockey. And I think I'm like super motivated to make the team and just to help South Africa play some great hockey. And I think... It's, I can't describe it to you. I have like a burning like fire inside. Like I just hopefully want to make the team and 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 represent my country there. Um, and if and if it doesn't happen, you know what? I think I even stick around to try and make the next one. It's like it's like that. It means a lot. It means a lot to me as as a, as a hockey player. Um, so yeah. Hopefully it all goes well. Yeah, we, we certainly are holding thumbs that it does happen. And people forget, I mean, you say you'll stick around to the next one because, of course, we're not talking four years now because we're talking three years because, uh, yeah, exactly. of course, because it's not 2021. <laughs> what three years? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's still long, but it's three is better than yeah. four. So, so it's not like yeah. you've got to wait a whole new Olympic cycle. Um, but, yeah, yeah we, we certainly do hold our thumbs. Of course, everyone wants the Olympics to happen. Um, and, uh, and, and, and thankfully, I mean, in terms of South Africa, at least, the numbers that we see coming through with regards to <laughs> the pandemic, uh, they certainly yeah. are slowing down. And um, the the vaccine is is being rolled out uh, across the world. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it all lends itself to a positive outlook. Uh, we can we can exactly. hopefully say uh, when it comes yeah. to the Olympics. And the and the Tokyo committee recently released that whole playbook of how yeah. to keep athletes safe and everyone. So it looks positive at the moment. So. And and if anything, I think uh, at the moment the, the worst case scenario is, is the lack of fans. But I mean, Ty and I would love to go, but uh, our careers don't hinge on it. So chances are we wouldn't have been going anyway. But uh, as long as the players and athletes are there, fans can take a back seat. Yeah. True. <laughs> um, okay. So now we get to the the toughest part of the interview. Live in the moment till I die. Okay, it is the one question quiz. I'm sure you're fay with how it works. Name says it all. I'll ask you one question and you've got to answer it. Uh, okay, so it's pretty straightforward. 
Uh, do you know of the actress Juanita Adams? No. Okay, so she's an actress from Cape Town. Uh, you must get to meet her. There can't be too many Quinitas around, especially too many famous <laughs> Quinitas. So it's yourself and Quinita Adams. Uh, actress from Cape Town. Uh, she's been in uh, a number of movies, including a movie called Forgiveness. Okay. okay. And uh, the movie came out, when did it come out? On the 7th of August, 2004. That was the release date in Switzerland. Uh, language was English and Afrikaans. Uh, directed by Ian Gabriel. All this stuff you don't really need to know. But I want to know from you, the star of the movie, what was his name? And I've told you it's a he. And another clue is that he is South African. Oh, my goodness. And it's a big name. A so, big name? Yeah. And he's South African. And he's South African. The star of Forgiveness. Who also starred your namesake, Juanita Adams, who was the star of the 2004 film Forgiveness, which was actually regarding the effects of uh, apartheid and the difficulty of reconciliation. It was a, a really good movie. Yeah. Zane Meese was in it. Denise I'm going to have to pass on this one. Um, I've never, ever heard of this movie, actually. Uh, give, a, yeah. give a clue of another movie he's acted in. jeez, oh, yes. If I give that clue... You'll know it immediately. That's the only problem. Um, no, no, no. Don't not give the that one. Thing. No, I won't give the yeah, obvious yeah. one. There's one that stands out uh, far and away. And if, if you hear that, you'll know immediately who I'm talking about. Uh, he was in Blood, let's think, Blood Diamond. He was in Blood Diamond. Although I think every South African that's ever acted in their lives was probably in that as well. So that's not the greatest clue. Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. That guy. But he's no, not no. South African. <laughs> but remember, he wasn't, he wasn't South African, huh? I'm from Rhodesia. Oh, goodness. Uh, Rhodesia. <laughs> uh, okay, let me look at some other movies. Darkman 2, Darkman 3, Hard Target, Meltdown, Waste Deep, Death Train. Jeepers, how are these movies? G.I. <laughs> Joe, The Rise of Cobra, Superman, Shazam. Oh, you can skip that one. Uh, All-Star mummy- Superman. <laughs> well done, Ty. Ty, <laughs> slipped, Ty slipped it in there. Did you hear it? Did you hear the little clue that he gave? The mummy. The mummy, yeah. And he oh was and he was the mummy. Oh my goodness. If you don't know it now, then you definitely won't get it. <laughs> Have you heard of a guy by the name of Arnold Fosloo? No. Okay. So he is probably South Africa's most famous actor. So yeah. the male side, of course, we all know who the most famous yeah. person who does acting is from this country. Uh, goes okay. by the name of Charlize, but uh, from the male side, Arnold Fosloo, yes. and he was the mummy, oh. and uh, he was also in the movie Forgiveness alongside your namesake. But uh, don't worry, many have failed this this test, so you're not alone. Very tough. Before my it's, time, and it's not a se- <laughs> it's not it's not a selection criteria for the Olympics, so it's fine. Yes, Thank you're God. also into. into Look, we will in see it through. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Derek, in fairness, in 2004, Quinita was in grade one. Yeah. So, uh, granted. Maybe not quite. I don't have time to watch movies. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was still learning to read. Uh, yeah. Quinita, it's okay, been so good having you on the show. Thank you so much. Really, really cool. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great to chat. Hopefully see you guys in Joburg. 
at one of the yeah, we'll camps. see you at the camp in uh, in not the next one, not the one after that. Awesome. We'll see you then. Great. Awesome. Excellent. Thank, Thank you. Guys. Stay safe and. Uh, Stay healthy, and, and we look forward Thank to uh, Derek joining the Muay Thai fitness program that you guys. Look out for it, guys! I can't wait. <laughs> Cheers, Kunita. Bye. Bye. What a fantastic guest! Jeez, uh, an interesting background. I, I can't wait to see the. I mean, I know you mentioned it now, but the Muay Thai stuff. I mean, that sounds really, really cool. Yeah, it does. I, I was actually just looking at uh, Kunita's Instagram earlier, and I can see she does the yoga and stuff. I mean. I was thinking the other day when someone told me that they, they do yoga every day of the week, I thought that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> this isn't the Wednesday 1K challenge, Ty. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 not quite yet. But yeah, looking forward to, uh, we are, uh, by the time you listen to this, we would have uh, uh, spent some time with the men's uh, Olympic squad up yeah. in Joburg. We're going to spend some time with the women. And uh, yeah, looking forward to just seeing how they are progressing in this really ridiculously difficult time. Yeah, it is really exciting. And you heard me speak about the Wednesday 1K Challenge. For those that don't know about it, you'll be listening to this on a Tuesday. So tomorrow night, every Wednesday night, myself and Ty host a quiz open to the public. Uh, it's one hour long. It's multiple choice. Uh, actually, that's one of four types of questions that we ask. And um, yeah, if you are top of the log at the end, uh, you win for yourself 1,000 rand. So a nice uh, little... Bonus ahead of the weekend. And not just that, you can hear amazing jokes like the one that Ty just revealed now. Although that wasn't a joke. He was being deadly serious. It's quite a stretch. Uh, but yeah, so come join us. But Ty, it's been great as always. Well done. Another fantastic guest that you got on the show. You can follow her progress uh, with regards to hockey as well as Muay Thai as everything else. Uh, check her out on Instagram and I'm sure she will be updating you as to where things are uh, as far as her future is concerned. But yeah, it's been great and uh, we'll catch up in uh, about a week's time, Ty. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks everyone for listening. Stay safe. Adios. See you soon. Ciao.